Hello, and welcome to the How to Scale a Business podcast. My name is Hector Santia Esteban, and I'm excited to be back and your host for today. And we're here with Carl Willis. He's the founder of Simplicity Marketing, and he's got just an exciting story, which we're going to get into and helps a number of different businesses to grow and scale their companies. So Carl, thanks for hanging out with us today. Hey, Hector. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited and I'm curious because I, I know you probably lived a number of lives in your current life, right? And you had a number of different kind of careers and experiences. So I'm curious how far back you think is important and relevant to go, but catch us up on the beginnings of Simplicity Marketing. I know you've been doing that for a number of years, but I'm always curious where the seeds of that business were sown, if you will. A lot of times they come from something before that. So take us back as far back as you think is relevant and catch us up on a little bit about what you guys do now with your clients as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think the seeds of an entrepreneur are always planted long before they start their first thing. And I'm no different as a kid in high school, joined a distributive education club of America, wrote a business plan, took it to competition, ended up in a national competition with it. And so those seeds, that spark of entrepreneurship was starting to birth. But I grew up in a home where my dad worked for the same company for four decades, retired from there, was not a risk taker. And so that was not the environment I grew up in. What ended up happening with me is I I followed the traditional find a job, start a career. But I found myself always tinkering with things on the side. Let me start something else. Let me try this. And then when the internet really came to fruition in the mid-90s, this idea of, I bet I could sell something online, I'm sure there's a way to use this to get out in front of a customer and make it work. And so over the years, began to just really toy with that idea, took many entrepreneurial pursuits, financial advising and career placement, and just continued to test the entrepreneurial skills in a lot of different environments. The other part of my life that most people aren't aware of is I've been a pastor for 26 years. And so the big why behind everything I do has always tied into that part of my life as well. Go back about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I began to really look at the way I did ministry and said, you know what, I think I can use commercial enterprise to fund what I do. And I'd rather do that than rely on donations and fundraising and things of that nature. And so that's really where Simplicity was born for, was kind of this idea. Could I create something that was portable, scalable, reproducible, would travel with me anywhere in the world and allow me to do what I'm really passionate about and not have to worry about the financial side of things? Just let the commercial enterprise do what it's meant to do. And so that really was kind of the crescendo of that journey through life, all of these experiments and all these things I would try. I often tell entrepreneurs, you see the success, what you don't see is the 20 or 25 failed things that were just an idea, let's test that. What you ended up doing was taking a few notes off of that, this worked, this didn't work, and then you apply that to your next venture. And that's the groundwork that really gets laid to that success point is all of those failure is the correct word, but it's also not the appropriate word. Not failure in a detrimental sense, but failure in the sense of feedback. This is what people were 
clamoring for. Here's where we could have done something different. Here's where I could have handled the financial side differently. And so that's really where the beginning points were laid. The other part of that is my career path took me into eight years as a police officer, 12 years of managing people's money in the stock markets. And all of those things have come together into what I do now. If I didn't have the people skills, the ability to communicate, the ability to assess and think tactically, it'd be a little harder for me to navigate. If I didn't have the financial background, there are decisions that I might not be as quick to make or even as quick to avoid simply because I've got a feel for where I need to go based on those experiences. So I think, Hector, the real key to your question is every experience leads to your greatest success. Nothing gets wasted. Everything's a building block for the next step that you're going to need to take. Sometimes those previous steps don't always make a lot of sense. Like, why would I have spent those years doing that when this was my ultimate destiny? You look back and you go, what? Those were great building blocks. I needed the people skills. I needed to be able to negotiate. I needed to be able to read body language. As a marketer, I need to understand people's motivations, their fears, their hopes, their dreams, because that's what I have to tap into if we're going to sell anything. And so what I'm curious is for you now, when you think about your unique ability, right? I think that a lot of businesses have their unique selling proposition, but a lot of individuals have that same kind of thing where they have a, a unique skill that they can bring. Given all of the different careers that you've had, is there a thread there that you find that can be that thing that you've now summed up? And here's what you do for businesses as you come in and, and do this sort of thing. Or how would you answer that question? Yeah, I, I would say so. I think the common thread is, is twofold. I always end up being the expert in my field. And so people turn to me for the expertise, which really brings out this idea of we all want to work with the best of the best, no matter what that is, whether that's your financial markets, whether that's your marketing company, whether that's your plumber, your electrician, doesn't matter what it is, I want to work with the very best. The second piece of that, though, is understanding human psychology. Why do people do what they do? In the financial markets, people make decisions generally based on fear, hope, or greed. And so it's an emotionally driven decision. When you look at all the things you do as a business person, at the end of the day, it's a business that deals with people. And so the more you understand people, the better you are at communicating, the further you're going to get in your business. So you're going to have an edge on anybody else because you're able to communicate thoughts, ideas, but you're able to do it in a way that frames around the felt needs of the individual. And so I think those two things are probably the biggest common threads that continually come through. So when you go into a business, and you mentioned before the recording that you got a number of different agencies and the different ways that you help businesses, but what's the big mistake or what are you slamming your hand against your forehead? What's the low-hanging fruit that a lot of people might be missing? that because of your unique experience and perspective that you're kind of able to see more clearly than they might? I think the big perspective is that operating out of fear. Let's take what's happening right now in, in the economy. So interest rates are at a high level. Money's not cheap anymore. Lenders are tightening down. And a lot of business owners all of a sudden go into survival mode. 
They want to scale back. They don't want to advertise. They don't want to market. When really what they need to do is what's counterintuitive and not operate off of the fear-based decision, but operate off of the practical, what's prudent in this time and place that you're at. So just to go back and give a story, my original financial advisory business I launched in June of 2001. September 11th happened three months later. Markets tanked. People were scared. Well, what my competitors did is they stopped calling their clients because they didn't want to talk about the bad news. They didn't want to have to tell somebody, hey, your portfolio's down. So I took advantage of that. I started running ads in the newspaper that said, if you're suffering from broker neglect, call me. If you haven't heard from your broker in a while, call me. And what I began to do was build a business because out of fear, my competitors were going into to survival mode. And I saw it as a great opportunity to go out and, and build a dynamic business because there was so much turmoil. One of the two of the verticals that we work in right now are being heavily impacted by what's happening economically. So interest rates are affecting one of the verticals health of company is affecting the other vertical. And so the people that we're dealing with are dealing with fear-based decisions. Do I stop advertising? Do I stop trying to grow my business? Do I just hang on to what I have? And the quick way to lose is to try and avoid loss. And you've got to always be moving forward. And you have to look for the opportunity, even in less than ideal situations. I think that's probably the greatest lesson right now. It's not always the right time, but there's always an opportunity, even when there's a lot of turmoil in the marketplace. On the other side of that, once they make that realization or they have that awareness, what are the kind of foundational steps that you think that they need to do to to capitalize? Or what is it that you're saying, you find yourself saying often and saying, okay, well, Here's the context and here's what's been going on. And here's what we should do. Do you find yourself coming up with similar suggestions or are there themes to what you're you know, suggesting or executing with some of your clients? Sure. I, I think a common message that I'm giving my clients is treat your business like it's the first day. Go back to day one, the day you put the open sign in the window and you opened for business. You talk to everybody you knew. You were all over your social media. There wasn't a person within arm's reach that didn't know you were now open for business. You were continually in that mode because you were hungry. You knew if you didn't move forward, you were going to be in trouble. Your only means of survival is you had to be proactive. You had to get in front of people. You had to take every opportunity you were given, every speaking opportunity, every networking group. You may have had to go knock doors or make cold calls. Those are the things that you did to get your business started. And as your business grew, what happened is you got away from that because you didn't have to do that. But when things turn south, we always have to go back to the fundamental. How did you grow your business in the beginning? Because people are still doing business. When the economy's up and the economy's down, people are still doing business, regardless of the industry. What we have to do is we have to be better strategists at how to get in front of the people that are going to do business now. 
And that may be a change in your clientele. That may be a little change in your business model. That may be a change in the way you service accounts. Uh, you have to be hungry again and and act like you're hungry again. And oftentimes what business owners want to do is not what's hard, but what's easy is to sit in your desk and worry and hope things are going to turn around tomorrow. But that's not what moves the ball forward. We have to get aggressive when things aren't going well. And often in sports, they say the best offense is a good defense or the best defense is a good offense. Same really is true in business. Uh, You've got to think counterintuitively to what's happening in the, the bigger environment. I'm always very contrarian in the way I approach business. When everybody else is pulling back, I'm going to be the guy that gets more aggressive because now there's an opportunity. There are more emotion ready to do business with me. You take the insurance industry right now. Insurance companies are bleeding out. And so the, the major insurers are pulling back. Agents are just sat around and taking policy orders for years and years. Now are having to go to work. But what's interesting is when you look at the data, when you look at search traffic and search volume and what's happening in the marketplace, more households are in motion than have ever been in motion. What it's dependent upon is for that insurance agent to hustle, to get out there, knock doors, make cold calls, do the things they did when they first started. You have to be hungry enough to do that. And so I think it always comes back to, are you hungry enough? What's your motivation? What's going to keep you moving forward, even when it's not easy? And if you've been to any business seminar, they're always talking to you about what's your why? What's your big reason for doing what you do? And you really have to anchor back into that. If I don't show up today, if I don't do what I have to do today, then what are the ramifications of that? Who's not going to benefit because I didn't do my part today? I'm glad you brought up that last sentence because I think that's something that our listeners are are going through in the sense of many times they got good at doing the thing, but now they're not just doing the thing anymore. They've got someone doing the thing for them, or they've got a variety of people doing the thing, or they've got to manage the process of making the thing. And that's a different kind of hard, right? Someone might say, well, I could package boxes or I could stuff orders or the grind kind of part, like you said, in day one. But then all of a sudden, let's say today, now they've got a team reporting to them. They've all of a sudden got P&Ls and, and financials and all of a sudden there's new responsibilities that are thrown onto their plate. How might you advise someone to move through those with kind of that same tenacity? Can they take that same mindset and apply it to these new types of responsibilities? Or do you think that it, it requires a different approach. No, I think you could you can apply the same kind of tenacity. Now, here's the danger for business owners. When the going gets tough, we like to go to our spreadsheets. We like to go to our P&L. We like to get busy with administrative stuff. And what we start to neglect is the income producing activity. So your P&L is worthless if you're not bringing new business in the door or if you're losing customers out the back door faster than you're bringing people in. So I think you always have to prioritize where does your best energy need to go? The question that a coach posed to me many years ago was what is the highest and best use of your time today? And today it may be you need to be out there moving your business forward. Now, 
If you're not the main driver of business, then you've got to inspire your team to do that. That becomes your priority. The thing that you can't settle for is let's just hold status quo and hope everything goes well. And let's focus on where can we cut costs and where can we do these things. All of those things have to be happening simultaneously. We've got to be evaluating, are we staying financially healthy? But at the same time, are we pushing the business forward? We can take some hits if we're continuing to grow the business. It's if we go into this point of conservation and holding the line that those hits become very detrimental to us. Yeah. I love the reference to sports because I think that there's so much there. And John Wooden was always a someone that my one of my early coaches always brought up. And I, and I never really understood the wisdom truly until being in a kind of running a business and saying, this is not just about basketball or it's not just about a sport, but that there's so much here. And as business owners, I think that for those who aren't aware of John Wooden, he's the great UCLA men's basketball coach. And he had this, Carl, you might be able to, to talk about it better than I am, but a pyramid of success, I think is what it was called. And it was these foundational blocks that he talked about. These are the core things to a championship team. And, and I think that the same thing can be layered onto a successful business or a successful organization. Those things are inherent. And the business is going to cause us as individuals to grow and rise just like any other endeavor would like playing a sport or running a marathon or getting whatever that endeavor is. Yeah, most definitely. You bring up a great point. You know, part of his pyramid wasn't just developing you as a player. It was developing you as an individual. And what tough times do is they show you what your capacity is. And often you find out that what you need to do is enlarge your capacity. Maybe there's some new things you need to learn. Maybe there's some new skills you need to adapt. Maybe there is a new piece of software or a new system that you need to bring to bear on that situation. But I think it's critical to understand what are the key priorities for you in your business. And part of that comes back to clarity. I think this is the other, you asked, what's the pound your head conversation you continually have? far too many business owners who are not clear on their outcome. What is it that you're really trying to accomplish? And it's not just a numerical goal. There's something bigger than that. What is it you really want to accomplish? What is your legacy? What is it that you hope to build? What is it you hope to sell off or hand off? Or what's the end game for you? Is this a a legacy business? You're going to pass it on to your kids? Is this you're going to scale it, grow it, sell it, and go start your next thing? What's the end game for you? Because once you're clear on the end game, the next appropriate step is easier to clearly identify. Otherwise, what happens is we get stuck in just going through the motions of running our business with no real purpose behind it. And it's that purpose that's really going to guide what's the next step. So in simplicity right now, I started as a, a solopreneur and would outsource things. And now I have a team of people. And so if I don't show up and if I don't put things in the right order, there are families that are going to go without food on their table. There are people that are not going to be able to pay the house payment. 
pay their utilities. And so the ramifications of the game got a whole lot higher when it was just me. If I screw it up, okay, things are going to be a little difficult for a while. But it's not that way anymore. My decisions impact multiple people. It impacts my team. It impacts the people we serve. And then in a much broader sense, my bigger picture, what is it that I am so passionate about? It means I get to do less of that. And that impacts people, the people that I mentor and coach and work with, because that's where I find my fulfillment. That suffers. My charitable contributions suffer. There's just the domino effect is far reaching. And so I think it's key that we always come back to clarity. What am I trying to accomplish? What's the end game? What am I striving for? And if I'm clear on that, then it's easy for me to know today what needs more of my focus, my P&L statement, or do I need to go have lunch with a prospect? What's more important that I work with my operational team and really fine tune our SOPs because we're misfiring in a couple of places? Or is it more important that I put my attention over here in this other area? That end result is going to really take some of the guesswork out of what is my day-to-day routine? What is it I need to be doing? What's the highest and best use of my time today based on where we are at this moment? It's a great framework. Absolutely. And you, you dropped some great gems here. And I know that you have your own show. Would love for you to share uh, with the listeners where they can go deeper in your world or get more connected with you online? Yeah, absolutely. We actually have two podcasts based on our marketing verticals, the Digital Insurance Agent Podcast and the Digital Remodeler Podcast. Those are two places to tune in with us. We also have those YouTube channels. But if you want to learn more about the overall company, you can go to simplicitymarketingllc.com, and that gives you kind of an overview from 30,000 feet about what we do. So cool, Carl, that you are are having these conversations with business owners and not only helping them, I'd imagine, grow the numbers in the business, but really impact the lives of the people that they're serving and that are working with them. So great stuff here. For all you listeners who made it this far, we appreciate you sticking with us and we'd love a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know someone who is in the midst of scaling the business or starting one or is a remodeler or what was the other one that you serve? Insurance agents. Yeah. If you know an insurance agent who needs some support, send them this episode because there's some gems in here as well. And as always, we appreciate you being a part of the community. We'll see you on the next one.